Welcome to Kill the Guru, a marketing podcast like no other marketing podcast. I'm Brent Kobayashi, president of Kobayashi and Zeitgeist, and my producer is Mr. Andy McElwain. Andy, wave to the audience. You don't have to put video on, no problem. You're waving, I know it. And so we believe all marketing podcasts, including ours, are bullshit until something actually gets done. We're on a mission to stop the consumption and start the implementation and have a real impact with our small business owners. So how do we do this? We get real and we get deep. We have both experts and local small business owners on the podcast at the same time. And our experts return to dig deeper with what our small business owners are, have actually implemented in the past week or not. This is real, so maybe they had problems. So if anyone's listening and is interested in joining our local small business owners live on the show and in our private forums, check out our website, killtheguru.show. So what's happening today? We have branding expert Andres Pone returning to dig even deeper with personal branding. Super brief, Andres is the go-to branding expert for CBC's The National, CBC Radio 1, and The National Post. He's written a Global Mail number one bestseller and just published his second book about personal branding. And we've got the exclusive on him walking us through what he regularly charges, I kid you not, $6,500 and up uh, for, and it is worth it. So let's kill it. Welcome, Mr. Pone. Good morning. Awesome to see you today. Welcome, Amisha. Good to see you returning. Uh, you've got some homework. You're welcome, and, and, and that's wonderful. I saw it in the Facebook group. Uh, we have also Fody joining us for the first time. We might catch him up a little bit, but uh, we're, we're going to move on with what we've got here because it's a show um, on what we've done in the, the last few weeks. So, Andres, let's start off with position and maybe you can refresh our memory on what it is and what we're doing here. Yes. So there are four elements in the brand foundation that I propose every person uh, should have if if they're going through a personal branding uh, exercise. And those four elements are your core purpose, which is why I do what I do or why I exist. Um, Then there's the position which is how I am different. Then there's character traits, which is my voice, how I act and look. And then there's reasons to believe, which is why anyone should believe in my brand. So we've covered core purpose and we're on to position. Position is, you know, if if you think of, the, the classic example would be a brand like Volvo. If I, um, you know, if I had a room full of people and I said, Tell me the first word that comes to mind when I say the following name and I say Volvo, you know, a plurality of people, most people will say safety, something like that. They might say boxy, but really most people will say safety. That, that is Volvo's position. That is how they are different fundamentally from everyone else. Does that mean that no cars, by the way, no other car brands are safe? No. Definitely not. There might even be safer cars, for all I know. It's just that Volvo has done the best job over a long period of time of pounding away on that safety message. So that's what a position is. It's the it was the um, another another guru, uh, a positioning uh, guru, said that uh, you know a position is an idea that you hold in people's minds. So that's what position is all all about. And if you look at this slide here, it can be a bit aspirational. And by that, I mean, you know, maybe you're not accomplishing your position 100% of the time, but you need to be living it a high percentage of the time if you say that this is how you are different now. So, you know, whereas a vision statement, for example, is aspirational. It's something you could do in the future. A position is something that you need to be doing right now or very soon, or people won't buy it. So you need to be ready, willing, and able to live it for the long term. And it needs to be short. When you're writing it, it needs to be short. 
So you can remember it so others can remember it. There's no point to it if no one can remember it. Now, what I've proposed here are two methods. And should I go into those methods briefly, Brent? Uh, yes, um, but let me ask you a question um, based on a personal branding ultimate success I had recently. And I'm curious what part of it is the position. So I babysit my niece and nephew, my nieces. And every single day for the past year, I've gone with a different kind of glitter hat every single day. And, and they're young, so they just look at me like this is just normal. And I thought, okay, well, one day they're going to think, wow, he's whatever, the, he's the hat guy, he's the fun uncle, he's something. And just this past week, I went, I babysitted, and apparently all day long, they were asking their mom, do you think Uncle Brent's going to wear it? And they're so excited to have me there. Mm -hmm. So where in that, like I look at this, this is, this is some sort of personal brand in their mind, right? I've owned, I don't know, the category hat. What in that would be the position? Well, you're an amazing uncle, first of all. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. That, that's wonderful. You know, a brand is what people think of you. It's not a logo, it's not a website, it's what people think of you. And in that way, it's hard to know exactly what your brand position is because here's something interesting, you don't own it. The people thinking about you do. So you, the only way to truly know what your brand position is, is to ask your niece and nephew. And whatever they say, that's what the brand is. The best that you can do is attempt to, for example, impress the word hat in their mind and shape your messaging around trying to get them to think of you as the hat guy. And then at some point you ask them, hey, when you think of me, what's the one word that comes to mind? And kids... God bless them. They will tell you that. I mean, that would really be a fascinating, fascinating exercise. And then over time, you ask them periodically, you stick with your brand, you keep showing up with the different hats and uh, you, you ask them periodically and you course correct until you've shaped what you wanted to shape in their minds. Whoa. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, question, Brand. I'm, glad, I'm really glad you asked that. Hmm. That's, that's deep. I love that. Yeah. So, okay. Now, uh, so then I would, based on what you're saying there, the position that we're coming up with as small business people is in that sense, maybe perhaps always aspirational in the sense that we come up with a, a, a position that, that we believe in. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to show. Maybe my position is the fun uncle. You're going to have fun with me. And the way I'm expressing it is with a hat. Um, if I went there and I wore a hat and it was a miserable time, it's not going to work. Right? It's, it's not my position. It's, 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 it's just me delivering bad service and not living what I think my brand is supposed to be. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So then the idea of this is it's, it's, it's a position that you're making, staking out for yourself if I'm getting you and then you're checking and checking and checking and checking over time. Yes. hundred um, percent. Again. Yeah. I, I, you've made the point very clearly. Your brand is what people think of you. Well, what do people think of you? You need to ask everyone once in a while and find out. Okay. So, All right. Let me go back. To, let's go back to your slides because I want to get deeper into this positioning here because this is this is this is excellent. All right. Um, so, you said there's two methods. Yes, I'm waiting to see that slide. There it is. Okay. <laughs> and um, so, the I am a noun method can be very very powerful. You mentioned the property princess last time. She's a real estate agent here in Toronto. Her name is Lisa Patel. And the unbelievable lasting power of that name to hook in people's minds. I told the story about how 
and, and Lisa and I had a discussion recently in relation to the book because she's in the book and, you know, there, it, it's funny how I always seem to have a copy just, just off camera. Sweet. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> available on Amazon, $21.99. And, uh, so yeah, Lisa was going through her contact list and was ready to throw out some really old contacts that she hadn't heard from in years. And then she got a call from a woman who had been, who had kept her flyer for something like eight years because the property princess imprinted in her mind. So the power of I am a noun and the silver lining specialist is um, a client of mine that works in the long-term care industry. And, um, you know, names are memorable. What are some of the methods being used here, by the way, the methodologies within the method, silver lining specialist, you've got some, mm-hmm. Property Princess, you've got some alliteration there too. Alliteration and rhyming are very, very powerful. I, um, you know, listen to any piece of music, you know, pop music you want. It rhymes, man. And, uh, you know, and the alliteration as well. Very, very powerful. So method one, I am a noun. Method two is, you know, it's freestyle. You can pretty much pretty much do what you want there. The point is just to um, just to keep it short. So uh, I put the fund in finance. Uh, that's, again, someone from the, uh, from the long-term care industry. You can see the alliteration there. And then the, uh, the double entendre or the pun in a secret recipe of people, products, and technology. That is someone who works in the nutrition, as a nutrition consultant in the long-term care home industry, a secret recipe of people, products, and technology. So we've got alliteration, we've got rhyming, we've got puns, and two overall methods there. So we're trying to get people's attention and be memorable is part of what yeah. we're doing here. Big time. Uh, and those, those two are, you know, it's kind of a chicken and an egg thing. Memorability drives getting people's attention and getting people's attention drives memorability. So yeah, you're looking to hook in people's, in people's minds. Okay. Sweet. So what shall we do next? Shall we go into, Amisha, you did some homework. Maybe we can take a look at that. That would be awesome. I'd love to see what Amisha's got. Okay. Andy, would you be able to bring that up on screen? Awesome. Okay. So that's what Manisha's done. Yeah. So Amisha, maybe would you be able to read this out for us? Sure. So we came up with uh three different options apart from what we already have um, or actually four different options apart from our um, kind of tagline, which we already say is local food for the global mind. Uh, One of the position statements was we let our food do the talking flavors that bond with your soul, taste the flavor and care in every bite Um, and cooked. The created uh, was me. uh, This was all Manisha's ideas. Uh, he said cooked with pride to serve you is our delight. But then I said, rather than saying cooked, we can probably say created with pride to serve you is our delight. Really like what I see here. Um, Brent, would you like me to give some commentary on these? Yeah, let's dig into that a little. Okay. Wicked. Thank you. And thank you for having, thank you for having Miss ready uh, for me on the screen. Um, let me go directly to, um, taste the flavor and care in every bite. And I'm going to, I'm going to start with, with the ones that are not as strong because we're, we're trying to come up with one here and taste the flavor and care in every bite. You know, it it doesn't have that ring of originality to it. Mm -hmm. I love this. I love the feeling, but the, the sentiment behind it, um, but really no, Again, just doesn't have the ring of originality. Doesn't doesn't really capture our uh, our imagination. So I, I would I would get rid of that one. Um, cooked or created with pride to serve you is our delight. Again, great that you feel that way. Um, that you are in fact delighted to serve others. That you do cook or create with pride. That's all important. The wording just hasn't captured again our imagination i would say flavors that bond with your well let's go to let we let our food do the talking that's 
that's really interesting. Can I ask you a question about that? Sure. Where does that come from? Because the implication here is that maybe others let something else do the talking and you, at your operation, let the food do the talking. So where does that come from? Um, so again, this was Manish's idea, but I kind of understand where, uh, why he would have said that because um, based on what our competitors are doing out there, uh, you know, some of them are celebrity chefs. So they have that uh, an established brand name already. Um, there are a lot of other people. So for example, Chowdy is a very big competitor. So they've been there for a very long time. So there's, you know, a lot of reviews and this and that and the other. There's a lot of information out there about what the competitors are doing. What we want to do here is we want to tell the people, we are not going to tell you some elaborate stories or we are not going to say, oh, you know, it's it's simple food and we're just going to let the food do the talking. We are not going to mm-hmm. um, say oh, we're using exotic ingredients and this and that. You know, no fancy terms and no fancy terminology. It's just simple food, but it's flavorful food. And so when you eat the food, you automatically know what it is all about. Okay. I really like that because fundamentally what you are creating is a contrast. You're creating a contrast between what you're doing and what others are doing. Look, I read that statement. We let our food do the talking. And immediately my brain went to, okay. That implies to me that others are not letting their food do the talking. So immediately it sets up a contrast or a bit of a conflict that, you know, the brain wants to solve. So in other words, it's, it's very intriguing. At the same time, I would suggest that you work with that statement and try to make it catchier. I think it can be more memorable i think it can be catchier than that it's very good i think it can be shorter and more impactful so i would keep working with that one okay okay now let's go to flavors that bond with your soul um that's deep uh brent do we have time for amisha to explain to me what that means yeah i'm I'm really enjoying this this is good okay could you explain that for me so uh, this is basically talking about um, because we have what we found is uh, a lot of places do not use a lot of Indian spices, Indian herbs. Um, people are now trying to rediscover or uh, trying to analyze. There's a lot of scientific analysis and stuff happening uh, when it comes to the Indian methods of cooking. Even the methods of cooking are very different. Um, and what basically we are trying to say is, A, yes, we're using those kinds of spices and the herbs and everything. But at the end of the day, our food is um, is homemade food. We are not opening up a bottle of sauce and pouring it in a pan, warming it up and you know serving it to customers. That's not what we're doing. We are actually making a lot of things that we make is from scratch. Um, the flavors are very... Home, homemade flavors, the way I would cook for my kids. That's the kind of flavors. And uh, so so here, here's how uh, I would rather explain it is when, I, when my mom was over, every day it would be like, mom, can you cook this for me? Mom, can you cook that for me? Because that is how I bond. Uh, that's what I remember from my childhood or from the times that I spent with my family. And that's what we're trying to do here. We don't have, again, going to our competitors, we don't have, um, so if you're making a pot roast, it might, it'll smell and taste like the pot roast that you remember from when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. And so that is where that deep connection, and that's what we are talking about, or we want to express is, you know, it's not just something like a frozen pizza, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's not something like that. Mm-hmm. And is it is it all Indian food? No, it's not. It's not all Indian food. No. Okay. Um, so, flavors that bond with your soul. 
I think, I think you could spend time on, uh, you know, working some more on that one as well. I'm not sure it's going to have at the end of the day, the same impact as your work on refining. We let our food do the talking, Um, but it's still, it's still very interesting. So I'm, I'm not sure where you might be able to take that, but I would encourage you to, to continue to try to refine that as well. My, I guess my, my main uh, concern at this moment is, is that it's a, a bit vague and uh, I would like it to be clearer. You know, you don't have to spell it out completely in your position, but you want to give people at least a minor aha moment, some inkling as, Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. I don't think we're quite there with that, with that. The last one, let's go to local food for the global mind. You're working on that as your tagline. Yes. Correct. Okay. And wonderful. I think it's, it's really great. You've got this duality between local food and global mind. That's really cool. Uh, There are some, there's some visual imagery that comes into my mind when I see that, that you might be able to exploit in terms of your logo and overall uh, design because of that duality there. And let me point out that your position and your tagline can be the same thing. So, you know, you might decide that our position, how we want to be understood as being different is local food for the global mind. You might just go with that. And, um, and and there you have it. Does that help? What question, what questions, if any, do you have? It helps tremendously, and uh, we actually really liked uh, local food for the global mind <clears throat> because that is how we would actually define our food. Um, and why we say local is it's a kind of a um, two meanings in there. One is a it is locally produced, mm-hmm. and b it is locally sourced. So we are not there yet uh, in terms of the locally sourced kind of thing. Uh, we're working towards it, but that's part of the vision that we have for the company. Uh, But that is something that really hit home. Um, And I did really like, personally, my favorite was, of course, uh, apart from the local food, I really did like the, we let our food to the talking. But in terms of simplifying it or shortening it, I'm not, like I'm, I'm trying to think, and it, it is a little bit tough to make a short sentence shorter. So, okay. So let me uh, let me ask you, Andres. Yeah. Uh, so we've got, I would say, local food for the global mind. It's it is the corporate brand, which can be also our, our tagline, also positioning statement for also that Amisha and Manny can also embody themselves. Is there room and you said the two don't necessarily have to be exactly the same position and tagline say for instance and this is what popped to my mind on manny's bio he has something like listen to my food not us it's simple flavorful and real and there you got local food for the global mind and there you've got something where it's 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 his position statement Mm-hmm. I'm getting excited about myself here, so you can t- you can knock me down in a moment. That's saying it's it's this is simple, it's flavorful, it's but don't listen to me. I'm a real chef. I want you to experience this. Something like that. Does that is that where the two could possibly coexist? And when you say two, you mean his personal brand and the corporate brand. His personal brand and the corporate brand. A position statement. Mm our position and a tagline, which maybe reinforce each other or say something slightly different. I I think that that statement, in fact, I think that we let our food do the talking can either be a personal position or a corporate position, Mm -hmm. the global mind, you know, if that's what you want to be associated with on a personal level, then that could be personal. It could also be corporate. Your, recollection of Manny's uh, statement on uh, something like listen to the food. Is that what you, well, I took, we let the food do the talking and I said, okay, well listen to the food. It's talking. Don't listen to us, that type of thing. So listen to the food, not us. Um, I, I, I think that's great. I mean, I, I think that 
they should consider that as a possibility. Listen to the food. Um, you know, it could be food that talks or, you know, if you were to apply uh, or if Manny was to apply, you know, try some alliteration, try some rhyming, try some puns. You can take that first sentence, that first statement, we let our food do the talking and, and come up with something more interesting, more memorable, more catchy. And, and I, I think listen to the food is, I don't, I wouldn't say that it uses any of those three techniques, but I think it's a little more catchy than we let our food do the talking because, mm. you know, we let blank do the talking is kind of, it's a common expression. It's been said before. Something do the talking is, is, is a, is an expression that's been used before. And, and for that reason, it doesn't really stand out. It's not that remarkable, but listen to the food. Okay. That's interesting. I've never heard that before. That's, that's different. That stands out. Could be more memorable. Great. So what I'm picturing is this. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Food that talks. Maybe there's something there. Mm. Okay. It it seems to me like there's a an opportunity here to go from uh, sort of a broader brand statement to some more specific messaging to tell that story a little bit further as you get I imagine in the website you get a little bit deeper. Um, it's almost a confidence statement. Right? You're saying, Gee, you just gotta try this. Or it is a position of this is what I believe. Manny, Manny's not out there to try to sell you his stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can see how the character maybe could evolve a little, or it could get a little bit deeper when the, there, there's an opportunity to have it a little bit deeper. There's an opportunity to explain it, you mean? Yeah. Yes, each element of the brand foundation should prompt questions in the minds of the audience, in the minds of the observer and should give you a segue to tell a story. So there is definitely a story that, uh, you know, as we've just heard that underlies a statement, like we let our food do the talking, you know, what is that story? Well, write it out in a few sentences and, um, you know, an, an intriguing position statement gives you the opportunity to tell your story. People will be curious. Okay, sweet. Any questions, Amisha? No, I'm good. You just um, this is this is excellent. Okay. Any was- questions, uh, Fody? And if, like I said, we can catch you up uh, later this afternoon if you like. <coughs> yeah. No, I I understand. I have to do a little bit of catch up and homework, but uh, I'm just thinking ahead of where I might be and, and putting some thoughts to paper so that uh, maybe we could come back and. Uh, do that catch up uh, separately okay beautiful so andrews where would you like to to go now shall we um move over to character yeah let's do it all right so let's get into character is that something you'd like uh some slides to drive us forward yeah sure that'd be great beautiful okay so we've talked about core purpose we've talked about position we're on to character the third of the for uh, personal brand foundation elements that I recommend. So I define it as my voice, how I act and look, and, and really, you know what? It's everything. It's everything. We are constantly putting our character out there. You know, are there any typos in here? I sure hope not because, you know, I'm supposedly the word master. Um, that's my brand position, word mastery. And if I want people to believe that, I need to be very, very sharp in my written and verbal communications. You know, I um, know a firm, I know of a firm that's in the communications business. And, you know, without naming names, they'll send out an email from their mobile phone, uh, the, the people that work for this organization that's in the communications business. And in the signature line, it will say, you know, please apologize for typos. This is on my mobile. 
if you're a communications firm and you're telling people that they should just have to live with uh, the mistakes, the typos that you're making in your own communication, to me, you know, that's, that's a flawed character right there. So it's everything you're putting out there in written and verbal communications. And you know what's the most important thing of all? Meeting people face-to-face. What are those interactions like? That's the most important, significant opportunity you have to make an impact on other people is when you meet them face-to-face. So it's everything you do. Your voicemail, uh, the, the way you look, the way you talk, the way you dress, all these kinds of things. Brent, you're in the technology industry. You're wearing a T-shirt this morning. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. If you were wearing a three-piece suit, I'd be like, <laughs> man, there's a disconnect here. There really is a disconnect. I'm in the creative industry. Uh, you are too. Uh, we're, we're sort of different flavors. I'm in the creative industry. It's a Friday morning. I've got a, a blazer on, but also a T-shirt. You know, so that works for me. That's a statement of my brand character. So it's everything you do. Explain it. What do I mean by that? If you just list your character traits, let's look at method one there. And if you just, you know, how does your three character traits, and by the way, I suggest three to five or else you or you won't remember them and no one else will either. If you just listed your character traits as tenacious, innovative, and reliable, okay, that's, that's great. However, there can be many other people out there with those same character traits, especially reliable and innovative. Tenacious is a little unusual. Innovative and reliable is not that uncommon. So we want to differentiate, differentiate, differentiate. And in order to do that, what we do is we explain the, uh, each of the elements. And thereby, you know, once you start explaining something in your own words, chances are it's going to be different than anybody else. So we uh, want to explain each element. And then when I say no rice, I love this. I actually have a client who looks at, uh, you know, looked at brands in the, again, the long-term care industry and uh, referred to their values and character traits as very often being in the rice model, respect, integrity, caring, and excellence. They all say that. It's important to show respect, have integrity, care, and believe in excellence. But if you're saying the same thing as everybody else, why should we believe that you're any different than anybody, any different than uh, anybody else? So we've got two methods here. There's more than two, but you know we've got the Colin method. Bill is a client of mine. He's got tenacious, energetic, and driven, innovative, creative, and solution-oriented, reliable, caring, supportive, and thoughtful. There's a lot of information in there. And it's going to be different than others because he has explained it. Then we've got the I method. Linda is also in the long-term care industry. I'm I'm taking these examples uh, from the book. Uh, I do work in many industries, but I've done a lot of work in long-term care. So Linda, she helps people who are terminally ill. And it's an unbelievably emotional job and I I want to go directly to I sing to the joy of life she's managed even in a job as difficult and emotional as that to have a very positive outlook she's a really extraordinary person because of that and she sings (laughs) she she does a lot of of singing so I think that's really beautiful that, that she's incorporated that very unusual aspect right there. I sing to the joy of life. So I never accept no as a final answer. Why? Because she's always advocating for her clients and she's always pushing forward to make sure that they receive the best that they possibly can. I'm sensitive to others' difficulties. Yeah, you would need to be in that business. That's for sure. And then again, I sing to the joy of life. So those are ways that you can express your character and your brand foundation. Okay, so let me dig into this a little bit with Fody. Now, I know Fody um, quite well. He specializes in um, – actually, Fody, why don't you, you let us know what you specialize in? Okay, so um, 
I um, studied architecture and I've recently started my own construction company a few years ago. And in the last year, I'm rebranding to be the, um, the person that helps those with disabilities form their environment to suit them better. Okay. Um, and what's the term for that again? It's CAPS, Certified Aging in Place Specialist. Aging in Place Specialist. So um, FODI often is dealing with uh, older clientele. Um, they're, you want them to stay in their home as long as possible, but you know, what does that mean? You don't want slips and falls. You don't want to be at this. Can you get into the tub and all that stuff? And, and you, you'd like to stay out of a home and in your home for as long as possible. So when you talk about character is everything, immediately what jumps through my mind is how do you express that? Maybe with Fody, for instance, his emails are always in 14 points. They're large text. Love Maybe um, he always has flowers when he's visiting and he brings something. I don't know what it is because I imagine I'm jumping past, you know, his position and his, his core purpose and all that type of stuff. But just jumping right to character, that's what jumped to my mind. Is there anything that we're, we're missing there or, or that, that's, that's how you act? Um, what would you add to this well i guess sorry no um i guess the the one thing that i'm making myself conscious of is to slow down um listen to people more and let them even continue their story beyond the point of of giving me the message that i need um just to sort of be like a sympathetic person and then once I've listened, try to, in very simple terms, explain what I can do for them. Okay, so how does that turn into character for you, Andres? Or a statement of character? Well, I, I think uh, it's Foti. Yes. Foti, you could use either method here, and you just explained the, the sympathetic aspect quite succinctly and um, you know there, there's a few ways that you could drill down into that it, it could be that I listen I am empathetic I'm sympathetic that that kind of thing um, I don't know my, I have a bit of a reaction to the word sympathy because some people don't want sympathy so I'm not sure that you would want to include that actual word but what does it mean it means that you listen it means that you care and the point about explaining it, explaining the character traits is very, very pertinent here because, look, we already see the word caring on the screen here. It's next to reliable there. Everybody cares. If you just say you care, you're not going to be different. So we need to explain it. What does caring mean? Listening. Everyone needs to listen. Many people have listening is a part of their brand character. You need to explain what listening means to you. Um, and, and Brent, I think that your example about, you know, having kind of a, uh, a trademark, if you will, you know, uh, sending out your emails in 14 point, uh, just as a quick example, is really, really brilliant. Uh, so there are a number of ways that you can bring your brand to life, Fody, and I think you need to be very, very sensitive sensitive to that. Don't just conduct business as usual because you know what? You're not in a business that's business as usual. You uh, are, are in a business where people have very specific needs and you need to cater to those. Let me also applaud you for, and this is perhaps more related to position, you are specializing you're focusing so bravo for that that's not easy to do because it implies that you are foregoing other business and the upside is that it's very clear in people's minds the, the fact that you were able to explain in 10 seconds 5 to 10 seconds what you do and how you specialize what industry you're specializing in man <laughs> there are a lot of people who cannot do that well, thank you. Yeah. And so 
he's Bodhi's in the construction industry, right? Listening is not a character trait of the construction industry. So I almost am wondering is can you actually say listening and that almost be enough because nobody listens or is that still table stakes? Good question. Uh, I think the question of whether it is table stakes does depend on the industry as we just pointed out and um, construction is regarded as a, you know, a bare knuckle kind of um, tough, unsympathetic business. And therein lies Fody's opportunity to differentiate and actually be different. So you can do that. Well, look, look at the definition of my voice, how I act and look. How are the other construction companies, how are your competitors positioning the way that they look? What do their websites look like? What do their logos look like? What do their colors look like? How do they talk? What language do they use? And be different from that. Stand out. One of the things that I did an exercise, kind of like a branding exercise a while back, was uh, as part of differentiating myself, asking the people that knew me uh, what made me stand out. And uh, we coined that as, you know, what's my superpower? And the thing that came back that I, I kind of knew, but I didn't realize it was that powerful out there, is that when I work with people, when I talk with people, I make them feel special. Well, that's a gift. That's a gift. And, um, you know, keep at it. And how do you, how do you express that? Is there a way that you can embed that, you know, express that concept in your character? Is there a way that you can express that in your position statement? Is there a way that you can express that? Maybe that's your core purpose. I don't know exactly what it is, but making other people feel special. Wow. That's a, that's a gift right there. So f find a way to express that in, in one of the four brand foundation elements. Okay, so I'm looking at these two methods, method one and method two. And I'll be honest, method two, the I method rocks. I sing to the joy of life. I am sensitive to others' difficulties. Method one for me is feeling a little bit less, a little bit more table stakes. Is it just that um, the two methods might sing differently to different people? Um, I think so. I think so. I mean, one aspect of um, Bill's character, and I know Bill, and um, he's an incredible executive leader, is that he is um, meticulous and, um, and focused. And I think that this model really works for him. He is spelling out the word, tenacious, what does that mean? Innovative, what does that mean? Reliable, what does that mean? He's got character traits that are on character for him. Whereas someone like Linda, you know, it, it's a little more free form. It's a little more personal. And that's a statement on her character as well. So the, the trick is to state your character traits in character. And how much of this is internal versus external? Do you mean targeted just at yourself or targeted externally? Correct. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think that the, the, the big opportunity here is, is to create every element of your brand foundation in such a way that it speaks to you and it speaks outwardly. It is possible that you would have some foundation elements that you kind of keep to yourself. But I think the higher ground is for everything to be made usable for both yourself and your audiences. You get more value that way. Thank you. Amisha, do you have any questions? Uh, just the one, when you said no rice, what, uh, so are you saying that we should not be putting that as our character traits or? I think if you were to go with respect, integrity, caring, and excellence, then at least explain it. Okay. You know, use method one. Don't just list them. 
those four words because they're just so they're just so overused. And you know, there are there are alternatives. If you um, you know, if you look at method two there, the second one, I'm sensitive to others' difficulties, isn't that a form of respect? And it's a more interesting way of saying respect. So I think that's the, that's the opportunity is, is to make sure that you say your character traits in a different way. Don't, you know, you don't have to avoid respect like the plague, but if you do go with list respect, at least explain it in a really personal and unique way. Right. So basically it's about what it means to me when I'm saying I'm going to respect you, what it means to me and how I'm going to demonstrate that respect. Exactly. And, and hopefully that would have meaning for your audience as well. Yes. So how does this relate to values? Because I'm looking at method one, especially, and I could see tenacious, innovative, and reliable up on a wall somewhere Mm -hmm. as values. Yeah. I, you know, I, the book really helped me refine my methodology in terms of what I wanted to tell people about what they should include in their brand foundation. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, we could have five elements, core purpose, position, character, reasons to believe in values. It's just that I, I think that the list at some point becomes too long and, and we have more elements than we need. That's, that's one aspect. So when I really looked at the difference between values and character, and I thought that I really needed to include one in the brand foundation, either character or values. Character for me is a lot more useful. Why? Because it's, you know, values are ideas. Character is how you live your values. So I think it's more, it's of more value. If you're going to have either character traits or values, have character traits because the point of having values is to, is to live them, is to bring them to life. Yeah, that, that thinks to me a lot. We've gone through value exercise and all this stuff. And, you know, in many respects, it comes down to effectiveness. Oh, okay. Or reliability or honesty. And like these things are meant to guide us in how we act. And so what our character is, how we actually do something. So something that goes a little bit deeper, not joy. I sing to the joy of life. Those are the same thing, perhaps you could argue. And one actually, I think, drives a direction in what you do and how you do it versus I just want to remember that joy is important to me. Exactly. And I don't know how many times in the earlier stages of my career I'd I'd have up on uh, the flip chart. I used flip charts at the time and, you know, we'd have a list of things and we'd have reliable for example. And okay, should this be a value or should it be a character trait? And we would argue over whether it should be a value or a character trait. Should it be the value of reliability or should it be the character trait of reliable? I mean, that's, that's not an effective way to be spending our time. You know, let's just go with one. Let's just go with character traits. Okay. Fantastic. I think we're coming to the conclusion of of podcast number three with you, Andres, and we're looking forward to next week, which will be the final. Are we uh, able to touch upon reasons to believe quickly for, for homework? Yes. Well, that's what we're going to do for next week. So um, go, go for it. Okay. I have a slide on that. If, uh, if, if Andy happens to have that. All right. Not that crucial. I can remember what the reasons to believe are. Well, let's let's get you uh, digging into it, and we'll uh, Andy will catch up for us. Yeah, there awesome. it is. Okay, thank you so much. Reasons to believe why someone should believe in my brand. You know, we believe Nike shoes, basketball shoes are the best because famous basketball players like Michael Jordan and LeBron James wear them. We believe Perrier is uh, is fancy and sophisticated because it comes from France. If it came from Scarborough or New Jersey. I don't think we would feel quite the same way about Perrier. So what are the reasons to believe in your brand, in your core purpose, your position, your character traits? 
we should really articulate those in our brand foundation. Reasons to believe fall in two categories. There's accomplishments and appearances. Accomplishments is, you know, things you've done. So, you know, if you're in the uh, restaurant business, what is your pedigree in terms of, uh, you know, training that you've undergone? Um, you know, what restaurants have you worked in? Who perhaps have you apprenticed with that kind of thing? Those are accomplishments. For, for many of us, accomplishments relate to degrees that we have or certifications or, um, you know, in the book, I use the example of Marie Hanan who uh, defended John Gomeshi a few years ago and is probably Canada's most famous defense lawyer at this time. And, you know, her accomplishments are many and they relate to her schooling. So she went to a really great law school. She went to Osgoode Hall. She apprenticed with uh, Eddie Greenspan, who, uh, you know, may he rest in peace, was uh, certainly the most famous criminal defense attorney in Canada for many years. So accomplishments, that's one category of reasons to believe. And you need to list those accomplishments out. Appearances, you know, again, using the example of Marie Hanen from the book, appearances can be very powerful. And with her brand, you know, it was really fascinating to me how the media focused on her attire over and over and over again. The way that she dressed, they were obsessed with that you know i received some pushback on talking about the importance of appearances and how they give us reasons to believe that you're really good at what you do or and you know my comeback to that is well you know do you not tell your children did your parents not tell you that you should dress a certain way and, and dress to a certain standard when, when you went to school as a little kid? Do we not raise our children that way? So why should we discount or pay no attention to the way people address, dress as adults? So appearances just doesn't relate to attire, it relates to logo, website, uh, all the visual elements of your brand. So what I suggest you do for next week is list out accomplishments and appearances. List out accomplishments. Well, not really. I don't know. I don't think you can really list appearances. I would focus on accomplishments. Come up with a bullet point list of accomplishments that make us believe in your brand. And then turn that into one. Let's try one sentence. It can be a, it doesn't have to be the shortest sentence. Let's try to put that into one powerful sentence. So, List out your accomplishments that are relevant to, you know, why we should believe in your brand, then turn it into one powerful sentence and then come back with that next Friday. Okay. That's awesome. And I think actually appearances could come into it a little bit if people want to work on it. Fody, I know has a logo on his shirt, on his hat, and he dresses in a certain way. Amisha, Manny, I'm not sure where you're at with that, but maybe even brainstorm ideas on how you might look a certain way based on what you know of your brand. And of course there are some great ideas in the book. I could go on and on and on, but there are some great ideas in there. Yes. Uh, a fantastic book. If I may say, I don't think I've said that yet today, Andres, can you perhaps hold up that fantastic book for us? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Your check, your check is in the mail. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Wonderful. Uh, so uh, let's wrap up. Uh, we're coming to our one hour mark. Uh, this is the time where we go to our small business owners and ask them, what are they committing to, if anything, for this next week? You are allowed to say, none of this makes sense to me. That is real. I don't think that'll be the case. Amisha, you've been along for the ride full on for the full three weeks so far. Bodhi, I know you, and I know this is the sort of stuff you love to dig into. So why don't we go over to you, Fody, and ask, over this next week, in moving your business forward, either on this topic that we've been talking about today, um, or anything else, what are you committing to in terms of your business growth and marketing? Well, for one, I'm going to need to catch up, so I'll take you up on that afternoon meetup today. 
Um, and the next thing I guess is I will definitely have um, this uh, sentence for accomplishments uh, developed and ready to present. And of course, appearances, you, you know, I have that um, kind of look already um, and I'll be dressed appropriately to, to present my appearance and I'll uh, take any uh, comments and uh, criticism. Fantastic. Wonderful. Uh, and if I could suggest, um, oh, we can talk about it this afternoon, but I think it might be great if you picked up the book. No, that's a great idea. I was going to talk to you about that. Yeah, it's a really fantastic read. Amisha. So I have to say I have been reading the book and I did read about Marie and uh, that was amazing. Uh, I've always believed uh, the way I dress, uh, it says a lot about how I'm feeling. And somehow um, when we talk about appearances, that is something that is very important because uh, if I'm dressed shabbily, that's probably how I'm going to be working at my job or whatever it is that I'm doing. So yes, definitely. And it's not just about the clothes, but it is simple thing like shoes. I mean, I'm not a big shoes person, but I know if I'm wearing flip-flops versus I'm wearing, you know, heels. And and that is exactly what Marie, when she was, I could pro- visualize her walking down the, you know, into the courtroom and the kind of um, aura that she, that's around her, you know, it's, it's so mean hands down. Uh, but in terms of what I commit to is, uh, or what we commit to is uh, definitely the accomplishments. So we do have something, um, we had written up a bio for Manny. So we do have a list of uh, his accomplishments. So we're just going to try and uh, narrow it down, maybe dig a little bit deeper um, and narrow it down into one statement. Um, that is, like you said, it has to be a powerful statement. So, the 15-second elevator speech, probably that's what I'm going to um, see if we can come up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will try to, I don't really commit to it, but I will try to use the character traits and see how we can translate those into values for the organization. Because what I believe is, so because this is a two, two-man business that we are having right now, but eventually we will be uh, hiring employees. We would like our employees a, we want to hire for the long term, and B, we want people that will follow the what we believe in. That's what we're going to be asking our employees to follow. So the values will give kind of like a roadmap as to this is what we should be following. But the values will be based on our character traits that we want to embody and we want to express. So Misha, tell me again, what are you going to be trying to do? They're trying to do is the character traits and uh, and also putting it up as a values um, on the wall kind of a plaque. Um, what I'm actually, what we are going to be committing to doing is the accomplishments and then list them and then convert them into a powerful statement. Okay. So I'm kind of like Yoda. There's no try. There's only do or do not. So could I suggest that... Uh, rather than trying to do that, and it's fine, you can do more than what you commit to. Is there something, a small step in that area, because it sounds like you're interested in that area, that will move you forward? Is it, I will think, 15 minutes about character traits, and that's what you can commit to, and that's what you're actually going to commit to, or, or what? Right, so an actual something, and you could limit it. It could be five minutes. It could be one minute right after this call. I'm going to think about character traits. That's all I can commit to. And then if you do more, that's great. You you you've won twice. No, I I do commit to having a list of the three to five character traits. Awesome. Yeah, that Very is good. for sure. And then the try part will be to convert it into a value statement uh, okay. for the character traits. Wonderful. All right, so let's wrap up. If anyone listening is interested in joining our small business owners live on the show and in our private forums, check out our website, killtheguru.show, for more information. You can, of course, uh, watch us weekly here live on Facebook, and we'll be also um, spinning up onto the normal podcast locations shortly. And you can check out our Facebook page for more information at facebook.com slash kill the guru show. 
all one word. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Have a fantastic week of business growth. Andres, well, next week is going to be our last week. I'm going to be very sad. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Brent, for the opportunity. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Awesome. We have somebody awesome following you, Andres. Okay. That's good. Yes. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.